0: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Last year, chronicle reporters Matias Gaffney and Cynthia Dizekas investigated the deaths of four children at John Muir Health, a Bay Area hospital that formed a multi-million dollar partnership with Stanford. The reporters found that the deaths could have been due to the hospital's inexperience and that they may have been preventable. Today, we're returning to that investigation and its latest findings, scant oversight by the state of California. For more than a year, the focus of Matias and Cynthia's reporting has been on John Muir Health's pediatric intensive care unit, or pick you. The reporters discovered that the hospital may not have been equipped to handle complicated surgeries like a specialized liver procedure for a two-year-old patient who died in 2019. Years before that death, the hospital's PICU had also failed multiple times to intubate 13-year-old Katrina Daly. She died in 2016 due to the resulting catastrophic brain injury. Katrina's mother, Vicki Plumley, shared that John Muir had provided very little information about her her death. The only thing that they said, at least that I remember, is that she just went into cardiac arrest. They had no explanation as to why. They just said that her heart stopped. That sentiment was echoed by Michelle Brantley, the mother of 16-year-old Isaiah Lofton, who died from an infection after a spinal surgery at John Muir Health.
1: It just drives me nuts, you know, because Isaiah has had so many close I mean, he's been at death's door many times before mm-hmm. and he's always come out of it. But this time, you know, it just, it, it, it
0: just got worse. Today on Fifth Admission, Chronicle reporter Cynthia Deizekes returns to talk about the latest chapter of her investigation with Matias Gaffney. It turns the lens to how the state certifies pediatric intensive care units in hospitals like John Muir Health. The certification in question is from the California Children's Services Program, or CCS, which allows hospitals to treat low-income children in the state with serious chronic or life-threatening medical conditions. It also allows PICUs to boost profits with additional reimbursements from the state. To earn the certification, a hospital must have a certain number of patient admissions. John Muir Health's PICU didn't meet that threshold, but it was certified anyway. Cynthia Dizekas is here to explain what the Chronicle's latest reporting reveals, limited oversight by the state of California, potentially overstated patient counts, and compromised quality of care, all of which raises the stakes of the question, was John Muir Health up to the task of treating the sickest children? Cynthia Deizikas, welcome back to Fifth Emission. Good to be here. So Cynthia, the last time we chatted about you and Matthias Gaffney's investigation to John Muir Health, we honed in on the hospital's Pediatric Intensive Care Unit, or PICU. And in that last conversation, we talked about how though the hospital was certified, John Muir hadn't met the state's minimum number of patients admitted for PICUs. Remind us, why is that threshold so important, especially when it comes to the quality of care? So the minimum annual patient threshold of 350
1: is for a type of certification called CCS. And California set this decades ago, essentially to ensure that doctors and nurses working in these pediatric intensive care units we're seeing enough patients to keep their skills sharp. And we've been told that it was a common sense number, essentially around a patient a day, with the idea being that when it comes to this type of highly specialized care, like that given in a PICU, the more you're doing it, the better you are. And at John Muir, though, we found that according to the official data that is submitted to the state, the
0: PICU never reached that threshold from 2015 through 2021. Tell me more about this CCS certification that John Muir Health received. It's issued by the state of California. And for this latest chapter of your investigation, it feels like the scrutiny is on the state rather than just the hospital itself. Exactly.
1: You know, when we went down this road last year, we submitted a lot of public records requests to various agencies that are involved in the California Children's Services Program, which is called shorthand is CCS. And it's this publicly funded health program for the state's most medically fragile children. These are kids with life threatening and often chronic conditions like heart disease and cancer. And after reviewing these records and others and getting pretty detailed responses from various agencies like the California Department of Healthcare Services, we realized that there was a more nuanced oversight story to be told. That had seemingly impacted John Muir's initial PICU certification in 2017, as well as more than two dozen other state-approved PICUs around California.
0: And even though hospitals don't need this certification in order to operate their PICUs, why is approval from CCS so
1: sought after? PICUs that are a part of this program ultimately get to care for more patients, and they also get additional reimbursements for that care And we also found in our research that it's often a selling point for hospitals, a way for medical institutions to tout their units as being among the best
0: in the state because they are supposed to adhere to all these quality standards to be part of the program. But at the same time, Cynthia, your reporting also notes that the CCS program has faced some challenges in recent years. What are they? We found that the CCS program
1: has been beset with various challenges, including staffing shortages and leadership turnover. And that was before the pandemic. And so when the pandemic happened, that also posed a bunch of additional issues for the program, particularly when it came to inspectors being able to physically get into hospitals to review their
0: units. So let's dig into what's going on with John Muir Health a bit more. You and Matias looked through hundreds of pages of documents related to John Muir's PICU approval process, including emails between state and county health officials and hospital leadership as he was trying to gain that much sought after certification. What were some early issues that you found? So what was really interesting
1: is that we saw very early on, so back in 2014, which was about a year before the PICU even opened, that John Muir was really interested in getting this certification and seemingly aware that low patient volumes could be a problem. Hmm. So at the time, we see in the emails that hospital leaders and county CCS officials are basically asking state health officials, those associated with the California Department of Healthcare Services, if they can maybe get provisional approval until their unit can meet the numbers threshold, or if it's something that they can otherwise have waived. And they are told emphatically and repeatedly that no, there are no special exceptions and they need to surpass that 350 number to
0: apply. But as we know now, John Muir doesn't get to that number. They report patient numbers that are below that 350 thresholds. But when the hospital gave a presentation to the state in 2017, the numbers were above the threshold. What's with the discrepancy? So that is a great question,
1: and it's a big part of what we tried to get to in our reporting. And we kind of unearthed this as, you know, your question indicates this kind of numbers soup. And so... As I said, leading up to John Muir's application for CCS approval in December 2016, they were told they had to surpass 350. And yet when they apply, they report that they have only had 238 admissions for about the first 11 months of 2016. And then they later officially report in data that the state uses to evaluate its PICUs that they had 282 admissions for all of 2016. And that's a number that as recently as October of last year, John Muir officials had separately confirmed with us. However, as you noted in your question, there's this critical point in 2017 during their application process where state officials, they come and they do an on-site visit. And during that visit, John Muir presents this PowerPoint presentation. And in that presentation, they say that they have had 352 patients or admissions in the first 11 months of 2016, again, finally surpassing the threshold. And so when we asked John Muir about that discrepancy recently, They said that actually 352 included hematology and oncology patients who were seen in the PICU for inpatient procedures, and they belatedly realized they should have kept them in the official data count. As part of our research, we found that there are a lot of different ways you can count your PICU volumes, but the state uses a pretty standardized approach that requires that a patient be physically housed in a PICU has an official pick you order and requires a higher level of care than what can be provided on the general pediatric floor. So we asked John Muir after they stood by that 352 number, we asked them for documentation that those additional patients had met the state's requirements at the time. And they declined to provide that or answer related questions. Meanwhile, the state has told us that they consider 282 to be John Muir's official PICU admissions count for 2016. But I
0: also wanted to understand, before that 352 number was even presented to the state, how was the hospital even able to submit an application, and even qualify for a site visit without being able to meet that threshold?
1: So again, another good question, and we're not entirely sure. The records that we've been able to review obviously show that they did progress through the process, but they don't specifically address why. The patient volume discrepancies are not raised in the documents that we have reviewed, and the state told us because of the passage of time, they aren't sure which number was relied on when certifying the unit.
0: It's not just John Muir Health. Other pediatric intensive care units in the state have also had little oversight. How large is the scope of the problem? Cynthia Dizekas will share after a quick break. You're listening to 5th Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at 5th, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com, or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156. I'm back with Cynthia Dizikas, who is sharing her investigation into the deaths of four children at John Muir Health. It was co-reported with Chronicle reporter Matias Gaffney. Cynthia, how has the state responded to inquiries about why John Muir Health was able to get certified without the patient numbers required? Right. So even though the state,
1: you know, they stand by the numbers showing that John Muir didn't reach, 350 in 2016, they've emphasized that volumes are not the only certification criteria they consider when approving PICUs. They also look at additional quality standards, including staff with specialized training, as well as whether there is a need for more PICU services in the geographic area.
0: Hmm. But all of this scrutiny is important, right? Because we're talking about four children who have died under John Muir Health's care. And one of those patients is 13-year-old Katrina Daly. We talked about her last time on the podcast. She died from a brain injury due to lack of oxygen in 2016. And John Muir's staff had failed to intubate her multiple times. We talked about that. Was Katrina's death as well as other cases examined by the state before the hospital was certified in 2017? So of the four
1: we looked at, Katrina's case was the only one that happened before the PICU was certified. And what we found was that as part of the application process, hospitals have to report deaths in the unit. And we know that John Muir reported one death in 2016 when applying for CCS certification. And we separately understand that as part of the review of medical charts that was done during the on-site visit, the state inspectors looked at a chart that mirrored Katrina's without identifying her by name. So they identified a child, a 13-year-old child, who had the condition that Katrina had and then also suffered a catastrophic brain injury. The death was never discussed in any of the other documents we reviewed, nor were any concerns with her care specifically raised. And this was despite the fact that medical experts familiar with the CCS program who spoke to us told us that these are exactly the types of issues and concerns that you'd want to see discussed in a review like this.
0: And there have also been concerns with another group of patients at John Muir Health, neonatal patients or newborns. We've been focusing on pediatric patients, but the hospital's also been scrutinized for their abilities to care for this age group. Tell me about the concerns there.
1: So the CCS program, a hospital can get different types of certifications, the hospital itself and then different units. And during the state's on-site review of John Muir in 2017, we found that they not only came across these potential red flags we've discussed related to the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit, or PICU, but also at the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, or NICU. And that is a specialized unit that specifically cares for critically ill newborns, and there the state found that John Muir was performing surgeries on newborns that required this separate certification that John Muir didn't have. In California, hospitals are allowed to perform a certain set of very common and simple procedures on newborns without a neonatal surgery certification. But anything,
0: you know, relatively more complex requires that additional approval. So did John Muir respond to why they were performing those kinds of procedures? Yes. So they said they were relying on outdated guidelines and
1: that when this was flagged, they immediately stopped performing. The surgeries that were pointed out to them in 2017. We found, though, and we raised this in the story that as recently as last fall, they were still performing some of these banned operations. And they Mm. again pointed to a reliance on these outdated guidelines from 1988. That with this particular surgery they were performing in 2022, that had changed in 2020. And they said, again, when that was pointed out to them, They immediately stopped doing those. They also emphasized that they had no adverse outcomes from Mm. doing those operations. To take
0: a step back, has the state also failed to flag issues in other hospitals' PICUs? Do these regulatory issues extend beyond just John Muir Health?
1: Yeah, that's another reason we thought the story was an important one to tell and follow up on from our previous coverage. As of December, the state told us that they were behind in all of the required triennial reviews of their 30 approved PICUs. And as I mentioned before, they blamed that on COVID and difficulties actually getting in to the units. They had also failed to follow up with nearly all of the 13 PICUs that dropped below the 350 threshold at least once since 2015. So that's something in response to our reporting they've said they are going to be embarking on this year, starting with John Muir and two other PICUs that, according to the data they rely on, have
0: never met the 350 threshold. So generally, how has John Muir Health and the state responded to all these concerns that are being raised in this latest investigation and what might come out of these findings? So John Muir has
1: emphasized that, first and foremost, they never tried to mislead anyone. The state, for its own responsibilities, has disputed that its oversight of the CCS program has been lacking. But as I mentioned, they said that they have sort of re-upped their efforts to do these on-site reviews and to investigate why PICUs and these 13 PICUs have fallen below 350. John Muir, even though in their official data they never reached 350, in 2022 they've said they, they surpassed 350 because of this national surge in child respiratory cases. So the state is going to be looking at all of that. And when it comes to John Muir's you reassessment, they're supposed to be coming out this month with a decision on that.
0: We'll definitely be keeping an eye out on the outcomes of your investigation. But in the meantime, I wonder, how are the families that you've been in touch with feeling about this latest investigation? We mentioned Katrina Daly's case, but there are others. How is everyone feeling?
1: We've stayed in touch with them, and they're very interested in what comes of the state's review of John Pick you. Following our story in December, the Medical Board of California also announced that they were looking in to the four deaths, and they have since contacted two of the children's families for both Katrina Daly's mom and Isaiah Lofton, who was another boy that we reported on, who died at John Muir and who was actually part of the CCS program. His mother has said she really hopes that there is more transparency with families that comes out of this, and that there's, you know, more information that is given to families about the certification, what that means for specific hospitals. She said that that would be valuable information that families with children in this program would really want to know and should know. Hmm. Her hope is that there is greater transparency for families that rely on this program and that rely on the state's oversight
0: of the program. Such an agonizing process for them, I'm sure. Cynthia, such impressive reporting from you and your colleague, Matthias, as always. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cynthia Dizekas is an investigative reporter at The Chronicle. Find her and Matthias Gaffney's latest investigation of John Muir Health's pediatric intensive care unit at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thank you to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening.